is the first recording of Noble Noir podcast with my first very honorable guest, Mbabatu. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for taking the time out to join me today. I just really, I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. I actually spent the last evening and this morning, better part of this morning, like researching questions to ask and like making sure that I have like enough information before I enter this conversation. But before we get into this, maybe you can talk about maybe what's in your radar lately. What's you, what you've been thinking about, what books or music you've been listening to, just to kind of get a feel for who you are as a person. Well, uh, books, I did a lot of esoteric material. Okay. I'm currently reading, I think I'm reading for the third time. So I'm reading it like a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading Kerry Zukov. Okay. The Seat of the Soul. The Seat of the Soul. Yeah. Sounds, uh, sounds heavy. <laughs> mm, yes and no. I see. It's, it's a different way of thinking. Okay. It's a different mindset. It's, I've never really been a very religious person. Mm-hmm. I've always questioned religion. I don't really come from a very religious background either. But I've always had questions about the afterlife and okay. things like that, things related to that. So it's about finding what your soul purpose is. Sure. That's what the book is about and how to connect to the soul. I see. Because oftentimes you read those self-help books, those religious books, we try to find answers. I mean, do you find answers in there or do you find more questions? It's not so much a self-help book. Okay. It's more like a, a Bible. A Bible, okay. Yeah, it's more like a way of life, mm-hmm. you know. For someone like me that's very spiritual, sure. it makes a lot of sense to me. Got it. That the purpose of my soul, mm-hmm. you know, that it answers a lot of questions about my dreams, my thoughts, my vibrations, yeah. the people that I meet, and the souls that I meet. Because I see. I'm starting to now see that I don't just meet people, but I, I meet the soul inside of them, and a lot of them, not a lot, but a couple of people are not even aware that there's a differentiation mm-hmm. between their personality yeah. and their soul. Well, before we get into this, maybe you can just tell the audience, like, who are you? Like, what, uh, I mean, is it possible to even define yourself, but like, maybe just general overview of who you are as a person? <clears throat> who am I? Sheesh. Do <laughs> I even know? Look, I, I'm, I'm a lot of things. I'm a lot of different things to a lot of people mm-hmm. and I'm a lot of different things to myself I'm finding out who I am every day I see and lucky I'm also finding out who I'm not every day okay you know I have just realized I'm actually quite strong I didn't know how strong I am <laughs> and I'm actually quite faithful I didn't know how faithful I was yeah. until this started you must understand I haven't always been whatever you call me a medium sang or man whatever it is that you want to call me because i don't even know how to define it i see i just know that i can understand messages from a plane that's different to where we are and i think it's helpful to know uh, for people to know how we came across each other i mean my path here in finding you was i was seeking answers not really sure what the questions but i just wanted answers and uh, my wife who happened to have seen you before mm-hmm. mentioned that i should also see you as well and i came and had a really powerful conversation with you and felt like we can actually take this beyond the conversation just to kind of explore the idea of spirituality in our lives as blacks even beyond the race itself just to understand like who we are or what this what is the soul yeah. yeah and so um perhaps even before we get into that you touched briefly on your background you're not a very spiritual person, a very religious person, but perhaps you can just tell me about maybe your upbringing and before you came into this current 
um, path that you're on. Uh, perhaps, I mean, what did religion play on your life in terms of contemporary religion? When I'm talking about like Christianity, uh, Islam, for instance, like were you in that world before you decided to be on the path that you're on now? I didn't decide to be on this path. That's actually it. Clarifies <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I didn't choose it. Uh huh. I've now learned that I could choose religion, any religion. Sure. But I can't choose this. I see. This is a calling. Uh huh. It is something that has just awoken inside of me. Okay. Obviously, I've always had it. If you ask people that have known me for a long time, mm-hmm. I have always been a type of sisterly type of person where sure. people will be calling about their problems. And somehow you kind of know. So even as a child? Not as a child per se, but in maybe late teens and my early twenties. Sure. It was just it was just something that randomly happened. I didn't really hear voices Got it. like that, but I had a knowing mm-hmm. that I didn't really understand. Uh, you asked about my background. Both my parents are not very religious, but my mom comes from a religious background. Okay. My grandfather was a church elderly, mm-hmm. and he was a lay preacher for the Enkhekerk. Okay. He was a lay preacher, so they come from that background, but they were also traditional in an African sense. I see. Would, if there's a meat, there would be a slaughtering that would happen, mm-hmm. but not very often. The church was more the center base I of, see. Of, of, of that uh, side of the family. But on my father's side of the family, they come from a place in um, Bumalana mm-hmm. called Ntwani. Ntwani. It's in Denelton, okay. about maybe 15 k's from Denelton. It's a rural area where the missionaries did not really reach. I see. So it's one of those places where Christianity or religion has infiltrated. Really, yeah. Okay. So if you had met my paternal grandmother, mm-hmm. she had never been to a church. Mm-hmm. She, if you were to ask her who Jesus Christ was, she would say, that's people from far away. <laughs> she didn't understand, but she never understood that concept. But sure. She understood the concept of ancestry very well. Got it. You know, so that's the background I have. So I had a balance of two words. Mm-hmm. But then, so you, I mean, obviously with those influence of your parents and grandparents mm-hmm. and being in the modern world that sort of has, um, you know, built around the idea of religion and structure and Christianity and what have you, how does, um, your calling sort of come into play. I mean, I, I for one, not being very versed in the idea of spirituality, you know, but seeking answers regardless. I mean, I sometimes find it to be difficult to um, be spiritual in the sense of the ancestral mm-hmm. African spirituality and also be religious. Although I'm not religious, but I do tend to believe a lot of my structures and principles in life are based on this idea of Christianity that I actually was raised around. Mm-hmm. So how does one like, you know, how do you battle with that or balance this? Or can it even coexist, the two of them? I'm not religious, so yeah. I don't know if it's a coexisting of the two worlds. I see. I'm not very churchy, mm-hmm. but I understand the Bible. I've read it, I think, twice. Sure. So it's taking the mystery out of it. It mm-hmm. doesn't scare me anymore. I don't read revelations and think, <laughs> okay, definitely the world is coming to an end yeah. tomorrow. I don't take it in a literal sense of the word. Mm-hmm. I I don't take it as a as a book that was the word of God. Okay. I take it as a history of a people. Okay. The same way that my if my ancestors had written their story, we could also have a book about our people mm-hmm. and where they come from. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look in the Bible in the book of Numbers, for instance, it is a census sure. of the people at the time, you know? Yeah. It tells you who was born by who, who gave birth. That's, and, and that's ancestry. 
that's a line of birth mm-hmm. gave birth to who, who was whose mother that's tricking people back in time we never had written language so we told our story either in this way in a medium type of way or we call it for a shaman mm-hmm. a Sangoma, people like that people that would speak to the underworld sure so how i look at it actually maybe i just romanticized it a bit <laughs> i find i find our culture being some sort of a secret movement, sure. secret underground movement. They didn't put this on paper, not because they were not smart. Yeah. They did not have a written language, but they had a different way of telling the story. You hmm. know? Interesting. Our so, culture is very strong on storytelling. Yes. I mean, that's. I mean, it's, it goes all the way from mm-hmm. West Africa to South Africa, East mm-hmm. Africa. I mean, it's the most beautiful part of our history, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our storytelling skills. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Now, um, I mean, modern time has sort of created this sort of misconception about you know, specifically African spirituality. You know, there's names and there's, you know, this whole perception of yeah. like, you know, witchcraft, witchcraft. and it's yeah. black magic and it's, you know, um, and even our own people as well who were Christianized, where the missionaries got to, mm-hmm. have now rejected the idea of this idea of spirituality. Because, because it's always come from a point of fear. Yeah. People, a lot of people that call themselves religious, yeah. if you ask them, what does it mean uh-huh. to be that? They're not able to answer you. If anything, they'll rebuke you. Mm-hmm. They'll be very quick to call you all those names that you've mentioned now. But they've never really asked themselves the real questions. I always refer. I might say I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not religious. But I understand Christianity because I've got a bit of background. I went to Christian schools, sure. so I understand what the concept is. And I don't think it's a ludicrous. Uh, way of thinking mm-hmm. it's just it's not all there is you know if you listen to the story of the Christ yeah the Christ came he died on the cross he didn't die on the cross because he was Christian because he was not a Christian himself mm-hmm. he, was he wasn't a Christian yeah. he didn't go to a church either yeah so everything else that comes comes after and not two years after 200 years after mm-hmm. so you can imagine how distorted this of course might have been of course so if this man came to the world and told the people that the god that they are seeking is inside of themselves because that's what the bible says mm-hmm. it says it in mark it says it in luke i don't know the verses but if they go google it and they will find it it's, <laughs> it's there yeah you know he said the temple of the lord is inside of you not outside of ourselves but we have always been looking for an outside God. I see. Something that is outside of us. So do you think that we're almost like driven by fear? A lot of us, even our own people, black folks in general, who have rebuked the idea of, you know, African spirituality as this whole like animalistic, you know, crazy religion and replaces it with this European aspect of God and Jesus and dying on the cross and what have you. Do you think it's because of him? I mean, you went to a Christian school yourself I and mean, I'm sure you guys had Bible lessons at some point in time like how does one who has such deep spirituality and has his calling now how did you navigate that world did you feel like you were betraying your calling I never understood the religion mm-hmm. it never really made a lot of sense to me uh-huh. it made me afraid I see you know it made me afraid it made me fear the bottomless pit mm-hmm. that's broken off if you are a sinner and you are a burden ever and ever mm-hmm. until judgment day so when i thought about it and i thought we are in the year 2018 i must think of 2018 years ago all these people are on this <laughs> and we are going to have this day where there's going to be a trumpet and all of these people are going to be raised and then there's going to be a big court yeah <laughs> that doesn't sound like a very lovely court no <laughs> that sounds like a horror movie yeah that sounds very scary 
the men that are going to be coming on horses from the sky. Sure. Oh. I mean, but those are some crazy stories. I mean, it doesn't. It defies logic, right? <laughs> it defies logic. I mean. Yeah. But I guess. That's why I say people that are that call themselves very orthodox uh, Christians mm-hmm. don't really ask themselves real questions. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the Bible and you take it in a literal form, sure. you are really going to be messed up. But if you look at it as a guide mm-hmm. to life. Because that's how I would look at it. I see. My understanding of it is that if the Christ came and he was he died on the cross, after three days, mm-hmm. people were able to see him. There were sightings of him. He identified himself as they knew him, and he showed him the he showed the people the signs of his hands. Correct. That I am the same person that you knew, mm-hmm. but I have risen. So what was he showing people that no one dies? Mm. You can all beat death. I see. You know that's my understanding of it. So I don't see the Christ any different to my grandfather. Who has a reason whom I see, whom I hear? Yeah. Why should I not listen to him? So in that parallel world that you were able to identify ancestors, uh, you you spoke of your grandfather as well. Can you see a world where the African spirituality and religion um, and modern contemporary religion coexist side by side? I mean, yes, you're not religious, but I'm sure you've had friends who were raised in the church, what have you. Do you do you foresee a world where both spirituality and religion can coexist side by side i do yeah i'm very aware that we are going through something that has changed mm-hmm. you know there's they say every two thousand years something big happens okay so two thousand years ago there was a christ mm-hmm. and that was the era of the christ he was a fisher of men and christianity was very popular in that era mm-hmm. but if you look at what's happening now christianity christianity is not that popular it's losing popularity. It's losing popularity, yes. Losing I mean, but it's still the, the number one religion in the world. It's still the yeah. number one religion in the world. But a lot of people are not necessarily in that faith because they believe sure. in the concept of the Christ. They are there because they are afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, there's obviously different uh, denominations of, course. Of, the, of, of the church. There's different churches. They, there's apostles, apostolic churches, yep. Catholics, and so forth. And they all t- uh, uh, believe differently. Sure. You know, in some of them, you find people that are not allowed to believe in their dreams yeah. or listen to what their dreams are saying. It's just, it's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. But how could it be nonsense? You are not. You don't have control over your dreams. Mm-hmm. You know. But is, but isn't the dream a subconscious or a subconscious mind just replaying itself? Or is that? I mean, oftentimes when I do see dreams or when I experience dreams, mm-hmm. it's it happens to sometimes be experiences that, that I've had before that I'm almost like reliving in a way. Mm-hmm. And there are times where the dreams that I'm having is just, it's so illogical that it's hard to even have a conversation about it to explain what I've seen or what I've experienced in that life. Because spirituality is not necessarily logical. Mm-hmm. It's an experience. Mm-hmm. And you must understand it's some people are able to decode dreams. Sure. You might have crazy dreams about snakes chasing you everywhere. Mm-hmm. But maybe if you listen and ask the important questions about what is it that I'm being trying to um, that I'm being shown sure. through the snake, what does it symbolize? Sure. You could find that from your line of birth, your family totem somewhere down the line is a snake. You could be having dreams about a tortoise and that could be I the see. semblance of that, you know, but if you don't understand who you are, yeah. where you come from, who your people are, then you're not going to understand the messages that come. I see. So, because you touched on briefly, um, and you corrected me as well when you said that uh, it wasn't a choice, I was chosen. Like, it, there was a path that was chosen for me. Maybe just elaborate a bit, like, what exactly is the path? What's your purpose amongst us human beings, like people like yourself? 
what is the what what are you tasked with doing are you tasked with like interpreting our dreams are you tasked with like sort of speaking to our, our ancestors or you know our forefathers who were before us or your task with like you know getting us a lucky lock uh number for, so we can be rich <laughs> i mean what's the purpose i wish i could <laughs> use that myself <laughs> no, that's not how it works yeah. uh point of correction i've not a rare, a rare breed okay a lot of us actually if not all of us have this okay we just have to tap into it sure what it is is an it's a it's been out it's been conscious of your consciousness mm-hmm. that's what it is being aware of the thought that's inside of you and being brave enough to listen to it i see all of us have a soul we've all got a gut instinct sometimes you just have this big vibration that's going on inside you don't know what it is it's god trying to talk to you if you call it that then you are able to understand that your relationship with god is personal mm-hmm. you don't need a middleman you don't need anybody to try and decipher anything I don't, uh, I don't really interpret interpret things, but I can get messages from the ancestral world. I can sure. hear people that have passed, so you could call me a medium, because mm-hmm. I can, when someone has passed, I can hear them. Sometimes I can see them, but I'm not. My sight is not as good as my hearing. I see. So I hear them better than I I see them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm also I'm also empathetic. So what happens is. I can read energy through my body. Okay. So if I'm with someone and we're in a reading, for instance, and there's something wrong with their right foot, mm-hmm. and their ankle is sore, whatever, they're strained, I start feeling uncomfortable in that area. I and see. once I identify what the problem is, because I understand that in that moment, whatever that, that I'm feeling in my body, it's not mine. I see. So what I am is, I'm a, I'm a channel. Mm. Okay, I'm a channel between the two worlds. I'm an interpreter. So I don't have all the answers. I don't know the answers, sure. but I'm just given when you come to me and we start having a conversation, then your people start coming through. And you must understand it, it does not always just uh, have to be your immediate grandmother or people like that. You are born by two people and those people are born by two people. Uh-huh. And so the story goes, if it goes all the way back to the beginning of time, let's call it Adam and Eve. Sure. And all of us should be able to trace ourselves to that uh, this is a common link at some point in time De- you know definitely. i see definitely interesting um i mean I, I, but from a personal life i mean yes it's not a choice and now you are living this path i mean there had to be some sacrifices that you gave up in your past life before you chose this path yeah. oh i'm, I'm <laughs> sorry <laughs> before this path um Chose you. Okay. I'll tell you how all of this started. Sure. It started about three years ago, if not four. Mm-hmm. And it started with a dream. Okay, it's not like I was someone that had dreams all the time. Sure. Is it Moses in the Bible that dreamt or not? Ah, I'm sure he has some dreams as well. <laughs> I, I, my history of the Bible is just not very crisp. I wasn't really one of those. I wasn't, you could not exactly be calling me out on a dream. Yeah. I wasn't like, I was, it was just a normal day. Mm-hmm. And I woke up with a dream. And the dream, there was an old man that I'd never seen before in my life mm-hmm. and I was walking into the University of Pretoria okay. I was walking in, I'm, I'm seeing myself walking in by the gate and I've got a phone in my pocket before I, I see the emblem outside and then I see this old man and he says to me before you go into that school you have to come to our school and finish our school first what do you say? Mm-hmm. and I said yes I agree I'll come to your school and he said good if you agree, then you must start listening because you're going to start getting messages. What do you say? Uh-huh. And I said, I agree. And he said, good. In the same dream, 
I get a ding ding like an SMS tone sure. on my phone. <laughs> I take out this phone and I see there's a there's a text. It looked like an OTP number from the bank. It okay. had four numbers on it. And I guess that was the message. And I woke up and I was shouting out this number. So I was told because I was not even aware. I wrote down this number. Uh, I mean, I, I took down this number and that's all it was. And he said to me in the dream, meaning you must be a, a healer. I see. Okay, you must be a healer and you must wear a leopard, leopard, uh, leopard print, some leopard print on you. Sure. And then they specify what. And I said, yes, it was just in a dream. So that's my subconscious, right? We agree that I don't have control over the answers that I, that I then give to this old man. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what it was all about. I woke up, I actually had even forgotten about it. And later in the morning, I remember. So I tell my partner, I had this dream and this is what was said in the dream. It was just ridiculous. It didn't even sound like anything that would have changed my life the way that it has. Okay. It was just a dream. Huh. But this number kept bothering me, so I wanted to find out what it was. I've never been one to be shy to find out about the, the spirit world. So okay. I go to consult with different people. I can see a sangoma, a medium, a tarot reader, anybody. I'm very open to that. Sure. A gypsy, I see everybody. Everyone, yeah. You know? And that's what I did. I went to find out what this was. And every single person, and all these people I've known before, mm-hmm. they've always been my mediums. I want to know if I'm going to get the job. Yeah. It's going to go well. Is he the one? Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to figure out things like that. But I never really took it that serious. I didn't really think about where the information was coming from that these people would give me. Sure. But I would be thinking, wow, she's amazing, you know. And she said, this guy is coming. Or yeah. she said, this is going to happen. That's amazing. That's all I ever thought of it. Then this just changed my life. Everyone that I went to confirmed it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're psychic. I'm psychic. I'm psychic. <laughs> okay, I didn't yeah. understand the psychic part of it. But that was the beginning of the journey, the long, the, the long, the long and short of it. Wow, it's beautiful, eh? But I mean, I, I guess for folks who haven't been that, that enlightened or hasn't had a chance to experience enlightenment yet or consciousness, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you do understand sometimes the skepticism that goes along with that, that path, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, for one, am not versed in that world at all. So I approach it sometimes being very skeptical. And um, I guess it's part of fear as well. I mean, if you're raised by fear and, you know, almost told what not to do first versus mm-hmm. what to do and like you know so it, it, it's scary when I when I first came here and I had a reading with you mm-hmm. and you mentioned some things that I'm like this woman you know <laughs> she must have some must be some voodoo yeah. going on. <laughs> but even then like I came across being very impressed and that's why I wanted to do this as well mm-hmm. um, now there's always a, a level of s- secrecy around this world mm-hmm. um, right or wrong to almost preserve the truth. And there's also a lot of imposters as well. When we hear stories about people who are just doing this for financial gains. So how does one um, almost like from a curious level just tap into that world, just understand like what's legit? But also like even this conversation now with you and I, I mean, did you feel like you're revealing too much for me? And is it is there a world where you can just are you allowed to share those things first of all? These ideas like how uh, your experience? And also, like, what your journey is versus, like, folks who always say, well, we're not allowed to talk about it. Well, I, I'm very open about what I do. Yeah. What's private is between me and the person that's in here. I see. So that's private. So that's, like, doctor-patient confidentiality. I don't really discuss my clients. I can't. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's the only code that, I'm not, that I can't break. But everything else, there's nothing else 
there's no funny people that come in and yeah. give me some secrets about the underworld nothing like that when i was not even trained i wasn't mm-hmm. really formally trained you know in south africa they would call it, call it otwasa yeah i haven't done anything like that you know and there's nothing wrong with having done things like that sure. either but i remember from my ancestors they made it very clear that they're going to train me themselves. I see. Maybe because I'm a very lazy student and <laughs> so <laughs> do you ever get any um any rebuttal from folks who actually went to Mtwasa schools for and say, well you're not really trained so I'm not sure if you are credible in that world. Who are you to speak on our behalf? I don't speak on anybody's behalf. That's I good. speak on the behalf of the ancestors. Got it. And nobody owns those people. Oh, okay. Which is Right. So I don't I don't uh, claim to understand what Hotwasa is. Mm-hmm. I don't claim to represent anyone that says I'm Goma, you know, because I can't call myself that. I see. You know, I so see. I say people call me whatever that they want to call me. Yeah. You know, I had a client that came in and said, so what do they call you? <laughs> you know, like what kind of Sangoma are you? What do they call you? And I yeah. said, they don't call me anything. And he said, but you're so bourgeois. So <laughs> you must call you Gok bourgeois. So I think I like the name Gok bourgeois. So I set up a website and I called it Gok Bourgeois. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Because I thought that was actually very cool. <laughs> you know, how do you you are speaking to the ancestors and you speak in English and yeah. you want I just come as I am. I just come as I am and I understand the light that sure. these people bring. And also it's not just it's not so, so much that I'm such a selfless person mm-hmm. and I want to do this for people. I don't do it for free, number one. Of course. There's a charge for it. Yeah. You know, I'm not so selfless that I'm just trying to help everybody. For every person that I see, I also get something in return. Got it. You know, it feeds my soul as well. So I love doing it. Doesn't matter when it is. I work all the time. Uh-huh. I mean, if we had to meet any ex boss of mine, they would be very shocked at this workaholic because I was the laziest of. Them. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you, you found your calling now. Yes, yeah. this is this is it. You know, oh, it's funny. Um, so. Oftentimes when patients, well, clients, mm-hmm. so like, you know, you go to a doctor because you're sick. Mm-hmm. No one goes to a doctor because they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to you because I'm sick in answers. But oftentimes I would assume, not knowing your clients, but I would assume that folks come to you, sometimes out of desperation, wanting to know, am I going to get this job? Is he the one? You know, is this the right thing I'm doing? Is this the right decision I'm making? What have you. So we come pressed searching for answers and we want to have an answer um but oftentimes you know we it requires us to do some work as well to follow through on those things so how does it i I guess what's the right approach for anyone coming to see a spiritual advisor like yourself because i feel like there may be value as well in just having a conversation without even actually wanting anything right you know, a lot of people come here, they want to know if he's the one. I never knew he's the one. If I knew that, yeah. I would have the one. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't have the answer to that. Uh-huh. I never lie to anyone. When people come here, I tell them what the spirit world is saying about their lives. Sure. Half the time, people come here wanting to know if he's the one. But actually, that's not what they're so needed to know. Mm. And that's what we get to. And they walk out of here thinking, I never even thought of that. Yeah. You know, this is actually what I needed. Because what I'm supposed to be doing, and it's supposed to be helping you, find peace okay. within your soul you know to, to help you guide your soul mm-hmm. find out what your soul mission is in this incarnation mm-hmm. that's what my job is so i have to hear if there's people that are coming it could also be your soul that has had different incarnations sure and it comes and it shows itself up in different ways you know like what happened with with you yes you know it's, it's many many lives ago yeah but it resonates with your current life now 
Because huh. you know? I mean, a lot of us are trapped in the current, you know, in our sort of contemporary lives where we we want emotional satisfaction, we want all the financial gains and what have you from whatever the world is offering at this point. And we approach someone like yourself, and in turn live more enlightened, and realize that you know some of the things that we're chasing or seeking in life is not really as prominent or as paramount in our lives as a spiritual satisfaction as some of the answers that you provide or help provide. Um, no, that's that's uh, you know I, I wanted to touch on the spirit on the uh, financial part of things as well too. You mentioned that yes, although you're selfless in so many ways, I mean you have to pay the bills as well. So how does one? <laughs> And I think money is a very awkward thing sometimes. We're talking about spirituality and you're talking about money. Like, how does one, like, like what's the right price even? Like, I mean, these are invaluable services that you provided. Like, how does one decide, okay, well, I have to charge for this. And, oh, by the way, it's going to be like 500 rands or 700 or what have you. And maybe you spend two hours talking to someone about something really deep. Do you charge a fixed rate on that? Like, is there an actual price on this information that you provide? I'm actually not that savvy. I should be. Because <laughs> I spend about four hours with people and I don't charge them an hour. <laughs> um, but I, I can't, I understand that I can't do that either. I see. I can't charge you per hour. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe in time, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But at the space that I'm at right now, that's not what's asked of me. I see. I've learned to be very obedient. They don't exactly give me a fee. Mm-hmm. I just read the economy and what could work for me and what could work for my clients, you know. I, see. I can't out I can't price myself out of the market then mm-hmm. I won't have anyone coming to me and that's not helping me or helping anyone. But I also can't uh, undercharge underprice myself either. Mm-hmm. You know, so it has to be client find middle ground. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. It's a business for me. I don't take it as as something different. Yes it's spirituality, yes it's a calling. But you know what they say, if you Wake up every day doing what you love. You never have to work a day in your life. That's true. And for the past two years, I have not worked I a day in my life. I might be underpaid, <laughs> but I don't really... It's not so much about the money. It's about the experience. You must understand I have not been doing this for a very long time. Got it. It's been less than five years. It's, I've been doing this full time for two years. Mm-hmm. So that's not long enough, you know. I'm, I'm very confident in the information that I get. Mm-hmm. But also understand that I have to build my brand somehow. Because it is, it, it is bad, you know, mm. people, I don't really advertise anywhere. Everyone that comes to me, comes to me via word of mouth. Okay. I think that is quite Which powerful. is the best advertising yeah. form, right? Yeah. And when you have someone out there speaking on your behalf and say, you know what, I was so satisfied with the service I've gotten from this woman that I'd like to refer to as well to her, which is, it's powerful. But I mean, wouldn't you want to be able to have this commercial aspect of things where you can actually advertise as well? Do you think that's actually... Yes and no. Okay. Uh, you must understand this is also very taxing mm-hmm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. When people walk in, you have to take on their emotions. So I, do, I don't think I would like to be booked six months in advance. I see. It will take away from the spontaneity of things. I see. I like it when things are spontaneous. I meet someone today, I meet your wife, and then yeah. after you are here. That's cool. You know, that's a nice follow up and it introduces other things, sure. you know what I mean? So I like that. I'm usually booked two, three days in advance. Mm-hmm. I like that I can control that much. I still have power in or control in how things are going to, to go. 
I don't know how what the future looks like for me. I don't know if I will be that busy. I would like to give talks because I understand there's new energy that's coming my way mm-hmm. that's wanting me to speak. Mm-hmm. I've been the radio thing has been going on for a long time. It's been spoken of. I'd be speaking to a lady at Checkers and she'd, she'd be giving me my change at the tip. Like, <laughs> Your voice, you should be on radio. <laughs> so I don't take that as just some woman just saying crazy things. Sure. I take that as a way that spirit talks because they're not going to come to my door and say. How about getting on radio? radio yeah. But they're going to use the people and the things around me because we're all connected to the universe. It could be the birds that start chirping. It could be the weather that just goes crazy. Mm-hmm. It could be the, I could be switching on the radio in the car and the channel could just be going on to something completely different. Sure. But at that moment, that's what I need to hear. So I understand that. Man, but if there, there are so many channels <laughs> that, I mean, someone who is very conscious of themselves, the environment, there's so many channels that it can be tapping into that it can almost make you go crazy sometimes. Okay. And I mean, I guess the follow-up question would be like, how do you maintain and not go insane? And also, is there, I mean, is it possible that the people that we see who are crazy are just so, so conscious that we can't understand them to a point that they are quote-unquote labeled as being crazy? You know, I, I know I know I'm going to have a book about this because I know there is a very strong link between depression, anxiety, and spirituality or ancestry. I think there is a there's a missing link. Mm-hmm. There is a miscommunication, and it's not there's no theory I think on it about the, the ancestral side of it. A lot of people that hear voices in their heads are given pills to numb the voices or mm-hmm. to, to shut down the voices when their emotions are going all over the show. They are very anxious about things that they get given more pills so they can just be almost dead sure so they can't feel anything you see there's a problem there we need to find out what is it that these people are hearing and who are they hearing who is talking to them yeah not everybody's crazy we can't all be going mad i mean i could definitely be going mad you're asking how do i differentiate between the noises in the universe yeah and the actual noises. yeah i know when it's i know when it's me and i know when it's uh, when it's the universe or when it's my ancestors or when it's God, mm-hmm. call it whatever you want to call it, to me it is the same thing. When it's me, it's a lot of noise, it doesn't make sense, it's mm-hmm. chaos. When it's me, I will want to get revenge, I will want, but when it's them, they are never like that. Yeah. When it's God, it's never like that, it, it's always wanting peace and it's always looking for the bigger picture. You know, let's reach out to each other, let's help each other. Sure. When someone gets here and they get very, de- they are very depressed, they are feeling whatever. They are not even aware that the reason why they are feeling this depressed is because of something that happened to them when they were 14. Mm-hmm. You know, so now they are here because they are fighting with their husband, sure. he's not doing this, he's having an affair, he's doing that, all of that. But she's not really caring that much about the affair. She's still in pain about something that happened 18 years ago sure. when she was a teenager and she's never really dealt with it. You know, <sighs> and gets diagnosed as depression, yeah. chronic depression. You can't be chronically depressed. I have so many follow-up questions on that point, actually. Ooh. But um, so, but it's emotionally taxing for someone like you mm-hmm. to have to take on that um, the burden of being the vessel mm-hmm. to interpret these things and to help people kind of like be conscious of their, you know, their soul and their ancestors or what have you. Um, don't you ever want to switch off at some point? No. Just no. Okay. Because how it happens is, much as when people come in, I take on what their problems are. Once I start helping them through those those problems, I I get relieved of it. And I know Uh, when I'm right, you are right. Sure. That's a job well done. Oh, that's that's powerful. So it's just that split second. So when someone comes in, 
Kaya para mas short in the back of my head, I'll feel like a sharp, sharp pain at the sharp in the back of my head, but it's a split second. So mm. I know there was something that hit there, but I don't know what it is. So I want to find out if was someone hurt from the head, from mm-hmm. the back. It feels like it's a male spirit because I can hear the voice sounds a certain way. They don't usually come out and say, I was shot and yeah. I was shot by Devin and this is what happened. No one ever says that because that's like I'm saying to you, when it's spirit communicating, it's not a self, uh, what's the word? That, yeah. Self-fulfilling prophecy. No. So self-fulfilling, it's not that. Uh-huh. They are not about that. They are about the bigger picture. I see. You know, they are about the bigger picture and they are about the soul and the journey of the soul mm-hmm. through the ages. And then you, you, you touched on the fact that like sometimes <laughs> Folks are just labeled as being crazy, you know, now diagnosed. I mean, like, we have this battle now between science and spirituality. Mm-hmm. I mean, can those, and when I asked those questions before regarding the contemporary world versus spirituality, mm-hmm. I guess what I was trying to hint on was like, can science and spirituality coexist? Because we, we're in a world right now where we want to diagnose everything. We want to find solutions and we want to just find like this, you know, the one magic pill to solve everyone's problem. And there are folks out there who are being like, you know, medicated from the time they were born and have no chance to really, you know, we're flawed as human beings. We're not perfect by any means, but we have the means to be better at things. But when you get diagnosed early, like you get numb, you get numb to feelings, to pain, anything. So like, how does, I guess, I would love to, yeah, not just the balance also, but like, do we owe it upon ourselves as, especially here on the continent, to educate the science field, the science industry, but the powers of spirituality and how that can coexist and actually make us better versus diagnosing people with quote unquote mental issues. Look, uh, science and spirituality, I'm very much aware that what I read is vibrations. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they can come with their science machines to read <laughs> what it says there, yeah. but I know that it's, it's, it's vibrations. I know that I read energy, you know, that's the science way of putting it. But in a spiritual way, you can say I read ancestors. Okay. I read the spirit world. It's the same thing. We're just using different terms. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and when someone comes in and they are very low, when they come in, they, are vib- they, they vibrate very low. So their energy is very low. Mm-hmm. So when they come in, I feel down. Mm-hmm. So I really know that whatever's going on with them, they're at a very low point. And when someone comes in and they're happy, they don't have to walk in here looking happy. They could just walk in with a straight face. Sure. But their energy introduces themselves. That's happy. You see, it introduces themselves as a light, as uh-huh. a good mood. And that's how I feel. I get up. <sighs> so, I mean, what if it's like a regular Wednesday mm-hmm. and three clients in a row are just down? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, you know, not to be a coward or anything, but like I... I for one wouldn't want to be. I like the down ones. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's my job. My job is to help the down ones. I see. So you're one of those um, glass not half full or half empty. You're like, you know what? If the glass is quote unquote not the way you want it to be, just refill the glass. So you're optimistic, basically. I'm very optimistic. Uh, not always. Of course. You know? I'm, I'm also down sometimes. Yeah. Like everyone, and I go to see someone like me as well. I see. To understand, I don't take a pill. I was going to ask you, like, so yeah. who does. Who does one like you see? I mean, I'm sure every doctor has a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I can see for myself. Of course. You know? yeah. it's, it's really rare that I get to hear for myself. Mm-hmm. I, I never know if it's my mind playing tricks on me. So I always want confirmation. I but see. the way that spirit works is I get 
people that come in to see me, mm-hmm. I get a lot of people that have a calling like I do, but they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. They have been told they are depressed. People that are very spiritual suffer from depression, mm-hmm. from anxiety. It happens a lot because they are able to read the energies of the people around them. Do you understand? But because they don't know what it is. They don't know why they are always feeling down. So they walk to work, they get to work, they get into the office. There's five other people at the office. One has just lost their mom, one is going through a divorce, one just had a car accident. And because these people are empaths, they are spiritual people, yeah. they walk into that environment and they become a sponge to all that energy. So what does what happens to them? I see. I mean, I actually, um, I did see a psychiatrist last week in regards to my anxiety issue. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, I have the gift or I have been chosen, but, you know, I, I do know I'm very emotional. No one is chosen. We are all chosen. Mm. You know, I think it's uh, the concept of a Christ that made one person. He never said that. He I see. said we are all, you are all like me. He and did they say never got it yeah. like that. They put him on a pedestal mm-hmm. and wanted him to do it for them. Yeah. He's saying it's a DIY project. Do it yourself. You know, we a lot of people that are that are very spiritual will suffer a lot from that. A lot of anxiety and panic attacks mm-hmm. because it's an environment. You are you are very light to energy. So when there's negative energy in the room, you pick it up. Mm-hmm. There's good energy in the room, you pick it up. So people that are like that, if they become aware of environments that they need to be around, mm-hmm. the friends that they need to choose, at least you can choose your friends. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much family, but you can avoid some people sure. wherever you are. When you know that every time I'm with this auntie, this is what's going to happen, sure. it's going to go down. Cut it, because there's no point. It means every time that you're in that person's space, you pick up their energy. So when they are mad, you are mad, yeah. you want to get in a fight. Because they want to get in a fight. I guess to continue on that leg as well, just to um, perhaps any advice that you'd have for folks who are, like you said, it's all we, it's all within us, mm-hmm. and we just have to be more conscious of ourselves and our beings. Um, any particular advice or cardinal rules that you would have for someone who is trying to be more conscious, so you know, trying to get more spiritual with themselves? You mentioned the you know avoiding things that you believe are toxics, like neg- negativity, like you know your bad auntie, uh, that friend that always brings you the wrong way. But anything else? Maybe just something like environmental space sometimes just like finding this like place to relax and just kind of find calm and peace with yourself I guess would be one thing the one key thing is presence Mm -hmm. if you want to be spiritual you have to be present Mm -hmm. you cannot be able to read your own energy or anybody's energy for that matter if you are not here in the moment Mm -hmm. if you are every time thinking about what happened last week and how badly it went or what's going to happen next week with the interview with the in-laws or whatever it is that you are stressing about you are not present you are stealing that time away from now because you can't do anything about what's going to happen next week sure you can't do anything about the letter that's coming of eviction you can't do anything about the car that's going to be repossessed you can't do anything about it in this moment you can't do anything about what happened in the past last week yeah. you know if that guy was rude they hit you and they hit your car you can't do anything about it but you can be here now mm-hmm. and find out what lessons are to be learned now. now but we don't want to be here now because sometimes now is painful sometimes we don't sometimes now isn't comfortable we need to go through we need to go through the pain yeah so we can get rid of the anxiety we need to go through the pain because a lot of people don't cry yeah you know they just pretend to have dealt with something sure but they don't really go through the pain they don't feel it you have to feel it so that you can go through it yeah you have to, for everything there's a lesson sure for every experience be it death be it whatever it is 
there's something to learn mm-hmm. and the lesson is never about making you feel bad I it's see. about making your soul lighter but like how does i mean look we oftentimes associate crying with pain and pain is uncomfortable to anyone but sometimes i think crying is just a reset button on our emotions right it could be a powerful thing just to kind of cleanse us yes. i mean it's beautiful it's beautiful yeah because you can't cry the same way for five days no <laughs> on monday you'll really really cry yeah. you'll have a real cry on tuesday yes you'll still be snotty yeah but by wednesday maybe the tears are not even coming out anymore sure so now it's up to you to deal with the pain or to just sit there and blame everybody mm-hmm. or you can deal with yourself and ask why am i feeling this way and how do i get rid of this pain because i don't like the way that i'm feeling mm-hmm. say it because you are not alone if you acknowledge that you are not alone it doesn't matter who you say you are with you say you are with the a monothelic god or a, a yes, plural god yeah. it, it matters not whether you call it god or you call it the gods sure. it doesn't matter but as long as you acknowledge that there is a presence that is bigger than yourself sure you know and you say you surrender that yeah. whatever it is with the pain you surrender it to that i can't do this anymore i can't function anymore this is making me go crazy and i'm afraid but i guess in in a world that we live in today that has that is sort of driven on individuality and like this superhero concept you know the one who's going to just champion and this that the other and then like in this reward system that we live in as well where the you know the fastest the best the the most is rewarded with the gold medal no one wants to admit flaws no one wants to admit pain because it makes you seem Human. <laughs> it just makes you seem human. Yeah. Flaws are part of humanity. Pain is part of humanity. Mm-hmm. Loss is part of humanity. Making mistakes is part of being human. You know. You can't all. If we are all to be in the same race and we all came first, then what's the point? Yeah. But I wonder, how do we get here? I mean, in the sense of like, we all now compete. And we all like trample each other just to make sure that we're number one or we're the best. And it seems like it's a normal way of life now. It's I mean, in our contemporary world, it's like you get rewarded for those things. You know, our society, our systems reward people for being the one that's the most, the most efficient. And you know, the, how do we get here? I mean, it's 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 scary. It's very scary because we don't need to ask deep questions mm-hmm. of ourselves. A lot of people, a grown man would be sitting here and they never really ask themselves, who am I? Yeah. If you never really ask yourself, who are you, then there's this problem. Mm. You know, who am I and why am I here? Sure. Because I'm sure no one is here for the G63. <laughs> I'm sure that's not why we are here. Yeah. We all love to get one. Sure. I love to get one. Uh-huh. But uh, that's not why I'm here. I don't think getting into one will make my soul shine bright. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I doubt that very much. But touching another human being and being there for someone that's in distress, someone that's in need, that is going to make my soul feel better. That makes me feel like a better human being, a better soul. But is it too late now? to ask those questions. Well, but what I mean by that is like, I mean, we all want, you know, sometimes misery loves company. We want to be part of something bigger than ourselves, including like this collective group that says, okay, well, yes, we are right. And we need validation from people oftentimes. Well, we like validation. And so if two or three people also agree with the fact that, yes, we're doing it wrong, well, let's do it this, this way now. Now we validate our opinions. 
I so, don't believe in this way. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying the way I see things is the right way. Of course, okay, that's the right way for, for me. you. Yeah. And the people that come and hear me and they agree, then it's right for us. Yeah. So we as a collective agree this is what's happening to us. Because you must understand it's it's a personal experience. If you are having dreams. There's no way that you and me can be having the same dream, <laughs> you know. So it's a personal thing that your God is communicating to you. Sure. The only thing that I can do is probably be able to decipher yeah. what the dream is by asking the spirit world, mm-hmm. your spirits on the other side, what information are you communicating to this person? Yeah. But I'm sure there's other ways of doing it. You know, That's true. It could be a church way of doing it where they could find out what it means. That does not minimize. Mm-hmm. You know, it does not take away from them. If it makes your soul, if it resonates with your soul, then go with that. I see. If it gives you peace in your heart, go with that. But we can't all be the same. True. So ultimately, we can't all find peace, at least not at the same time. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There's okay. seven billion of us. Uh-huh. There's no way that we can all find one way of doing things. Sure. You know, God yeah. likes variety. We all have two eyes, a nose, and a mouth, yeah. but none of us look the same. Even identical twins don't look the same. They look the same. You're right. Right, you know, it's funny. My wife and I sometimes say there's always like five black faces in the world, just like different variations. Because I see, yeah. I sometimes see like the same people, but I'm like, no, there's something different about yeah. this. One. Just yeah. smiley off, and you know, that that's what that's what makes you who you are, yes. right? Yeah, that's crazy. And your ancestors are the same. Yeah, you know. But I mean, I, I guess my and these are some of the questions in my mind as well as we speak. Um, we. You know, we've convinced ourselves that yes, we're on the right path in our own way, our own way of thinking. But then we come and we ask these questions from the spirituality aspect of things, and we get some answers, and we go back to living our whole life again. Isn't that just like that conflict that's just revolving door over and over again? Like, isn't? Wouldn't it be nice to say, okay, well now choose this path and just move forward with that path? You see, it's not like uh, a choice, something that you choose and mm-hmm. then then. If, if you come to see someone that's a spiritualist, maybe that's what I should call myself. <laughs> <laughs> if you see someone that's, that's like that and you leave that environment thinking, mm, maybe this is not for me, maybe this is not for me. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to recruit anyone. Okay. And it's not that. I'll just tell you what I hear. Yeah. I'll tell you what my madness is, what the voices in my head are saying. That's all. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what they're talking about, then it's not for you. And how do you, um, as an emotional person, like you said, you are a, a, um, almost a sympathetic person as well. You have a lot of empathy. Mm-hmm. How do you deliver not so great news to people? I mean, is that difficult sometimes? I call this room the cry room. The cry room. Yeah. Okay. So everybody's allowed to cry here, including myself and uh-huh. Lord, because then I get to cry a lot. Uh, when someone comes in and I can feel this sorrow mm-hmm. that's in the air. Um, number one, I'm not prophetic, so I don't really tell you what's going to happen sure. unless I pick up two or three things, but that's not why people come to me. Mm-hmm. People come to me to find out why things are going on the way that they are going on mm-hmm. in their lives and they are able to sort out the problem with their current situation. Okay. And they are able to show us a bit of a, a, a quick glimpse of what the future might, was going to look like, might look like, but you must always remember, you still have free will. Sure. You know, you still have a choice as to what happens. They're not going to say, he's the one, and then there goes the one, and he just does whatever. Yeah. And you're just stuck with him because he's the one. No such a thing. Uh-huh. No such a thing. They do no such a thing. They don't live your life for you. They just guide you. Mm-hmm. They just advise. You know, they don't give information that's 
not going to be important if your wife is having an affair the spirits are not going to come here and say well tell him that she's having an affair she was there yesterday at seven yeah. they're not going to do that but they're going to find that's why they call them papa papa means grandmother sure a, a grandparent it's that's how your grandmother would talk if your grandmother knew something that was unsavory yeah she would have a nice way of putting it so okay. we're talking about wise old people not someone that's going to come with wisdom yes you know so they're going to put it in a in a way that's going to build you they're not going to just be rough with the information Uh they have to be caring they have to be kind so when someone comes and they're in pain they they are on whatever medication they they've been told they are dying you get people that come in here they've been told they are dying this is what's happening with them if i hear it and i hear it clear and this person comes to me and says Tell her she's not dying. Mm-hmm. I will say it as mm-hmm. I hear it. Wow. With the force that I hear it. They say you are not dying. Why are you feeling this way? Stop not living your life. You are not dying. Because huh. I always thought that, you know, and it's oftentimes a very sensitive topic. People come here and ask or inquire about um, that. Did you have to take a communications class beforehand before you say, okay, well, I'm going to do this full time. I'm leaving my corporate world now. Two years plus and doing this. This is like my life going forward. Did you take any classes that says, okay, well, how do I, you know, <laughs> How do I communicate better to make sure that my, my clients are comfortable in this cry room? You know, um, <laughs> is it no. like, you know, even posture as well, like, you know, how do I sit and how do I relate this information? I'm a, uh, I'm a psychology uh-huh. dropout. <laughs> I dropped out because I was acing it. Yeah. It was too easy. Everything that they were saying there, I knew. Okay. So it didn't make sense. But I was lazy. I was also very lazy. I see. Study. You keep going back in the whole lazy thing. I mean, you're not that lazy. I'm extremely lazy. Spirit is just, it gave me the best job ever. I sit yeah. here all day and I just chat to people. I laugh, I cry, I smoke, I drink, I yeah. do whatever. I'm not holy. I'm very far from that. Yeah. I curse a lot. <laughs> but it's just, I'm just me. Yeah. I'm just me. They don't put me on a pedestal to be a symbol of morality. I'm sure. not that at all. Which is funny. I think that's, um, I mean, what you said exactly is kind of what people have summed you up as the folks I've spoken to before who have seen you mm-hmm. um, you know like she's just she's real like she's like talking to a sister or a cousin or whatever it's like she's just like this you know she smokes a cigarette or her weed or whatever and like just like just have a conversation and like it's just it's nothing scripted you don't feel any pressure you're just there talking to someone who's like you know when this yeah. thing started and my grandmother said to me listen to me uh-huh. okay just listen to me and read the signs. If you just read the signs and you listen to me, you won't go wrong. Mm-hmm. And just be you. Mm-hmm. I've always been like this. I've always been the one that wants to keep advice to all my friends. I see. Calling Sistoli. Sistoli is one of those columnists that people write in and they'd be asking, um, I, I'm 23 years old and my boyfriend did this and that. Yeah. And comes so this was you. Yes, I was always <laughs> Sistoli. So my friends would always say that. So. It was the best thing ever because number one, I'm very nosy. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear what every, what's going on and mm-hmm. what happened. And now they gave me so much information. I'm not even nosy anymore. I don't even care about the info. I've just get too much information. Yeah. It's very private, number one. The information that comes out of here is very, very personal. It could go from people's paternity to disease. Sure. You know, it's, it's, it's very, very sensitive information. So I must have a maturity about myself. Yeah. I don't know where it comes from. I guess it's there in mm-hmm. the world because I would not necessarily call myself one that is. But you know, oftentimes we talk about this whole uh, doctor-patient confidentiality yeah. agreement, and you have the exact same thing as all well with your clients, so your patients. Now, um, 
there has to be some information sometime in the past that you're like, okay, this is illegal. Like, this is like, the law should know about this. Like, do you feel like you have a moral obligation to report no. these things? <laughs> I absolutely not. Yeah. I, like I said, I'm not exactly this parameter for, for morality. Yeah. No. I have everybody, everybody comes here mm-hmm. from all spheres of life, all sectors. I have people that rob, people that steal. Mm-hmm. I have people that, I've got preachers that come to me. I've got everyone that comes to me. When someone comes to me and they are telling me they've got a score and this is what's happening, I already know that it's illegal. The spirit world does not say, hey, tell them it's illegal. They don't know the legal books. They know that it's their child and they've got a job to do. And I'll tell them, they say you mustn't go to this thing because it's going to be dangerous, it's going to be black. Mm -hmm. So don't go. Okay, okay. That's what I would say. I see, I see. Now, um, for you know anyone else who kind of want to either get your information, figure out if they can make an appointment with you, is there a, sort of a phone number or Instagram page that you want to just give out to us that we can share with the world? Uh, they can check my Facebook page. It's Mabatu Kujwa. Uh-huh. Or they can just look me up, Mabatu Makoba. And the website is called uh, www.kokbujwa.com. Mm-hmm. You want to spell that for us? Uh, okay and closing thoughts any last minute things that you want to think about that perhaps uh, you think you would want the world to know about your journey right now uh, whatever that's happening to me I know it's not just uh, exclusive to me it's mm-hmm. happening to a lot of people maybe some are great or what it is if you've got dreams that you do not understand asking you don't need to ask someone like me you can ask your own people mm-hmm. ask the people that are feeling the dreams understand that you do not make yourself dream those dreams are coming from a place that is bigger than yourself ask have a communication because these people are trying i'm knocking on the door open the door let them in and hear what they have to say okay if you go around calling your ancestors evil spirits and all of that it means you are evil yourself because <laughs> these people gave back to you yeah so start respecting yourself and find out who you are. Yeah. And that's where the journey starts. It's a journey. I'm also in a journey. I don't know where it's gonna lead me. I don't know if tomorrow I'll be dressed in some Roma clothes and dancing. Sure. If that's what it is, then I welcome it. Whatever it is that comes. I don't look down at anything. I take it all in. Sure. But I mean, yes, you don't know where the journey is gonna take you, but do you have desires? Like what where do you see yourself, let's say, two years from now? Either with this path that you're on or even something brand new, like what what is I, your desire inside beyond this? this. Is, yeah. I know that this is my calling. Uh-huh. And because it's a calling, I know that I'll always be doing this all my life. Mm-hmm. I, there's any way to make it be even more lit. I'm always open yeah. to that. Because I love it. I think it's the best thing that's ever, ever happened to me. Yeah. I'm not afraid of death anymore. It yeah. doesn't scare me. Because people die and I just see them on the other side. So I'm really not afraid. I see. I don't want to get too personal regarding the death of one of your family members. But how did that you feel like everyone it made me feel sad uh-huh. i was heartbroken but i also realized that the more i'm dwelling in the pain mm-hmm. and the loss and the less i get to connect with the spirit world because when you are crying then your ancestors are also sad because they are part of you they're in your dna we are also we are all looking for these old people that are going to come out of the walls and <laughs> they are not there they're yeah. in yourselves they're in you you carry them in everything that you have 
So when you connect to them, you're actually connecting to yourself. So stop being afraid of you mm-hmm. and speak to you. But isn't fear a natural thing? I mean, just as much as this point. It is a natural yeah. thing, but what are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm afraid of snakes. That's yeah. proper fear. <laughs> but I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm not afraid of the boogeyman that's going to come from nowhere. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of the voices in my head because they never tell me to do anything destructive. Uh-huh. They're always trying to help me, to guide me. I'll be driving and someone says, turn right. I turn right. Do you? Yeah. I've learned to be obedient. Wow. I turn right. Sometimes it doesn't come out to be anything. Yeah. I never know why I turn right to turn right. If just, they don't take the highway, take the back road, yeah. just take the back road. You must be like, like the worst one to show up to like dinner or something. Like, okay, she's been turning right the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and I go to dinner and I tell them, guys, I'm going out tonight. I might need someone to so yeah. just cool it. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, thank you so much for your time. And I, I appreciate you just taking the time off to just even elaborate and like enlighten me a little bit on the, on the ideas and the, the world of spirituality from your perspective. Um, I'm sure like, Yeah.